May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Today we get to spend some time reflecting on Jesus' ascension into heaven and what in the world that has to do with us today. The story is told about of, of Albert Einstein, who was once traveling from Princeton on a train when the conductor came down the aisle punching the tickets of every passenger. When he came to Einstein, Einstein reached in his vest pocket. He couldn't find his ticket, so he reached in his trouser pockets. It wasn't there. So he looked in his briefcase, but couldn't find it. Then he looked in the seat beside him. No ticket. The conductor said, Dr. Einstein, I know who you are. We all know who you are. I'm sure you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it. Einstein nodded appreciatively. The conductor continued down the aisle, punching tickets. As he was ready to move to the next car, he turned around and saw the great physicist down on his hands and knees, looking under his seat for his ticket. The conductor rushed back and said, Dr. Einstein, Dr. Einstein, don't, don't worry. I know who you are, no, no problem. You don't need a ticket, I'm sure you bought one. Einstein looked at him and said, young man, I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. I have no idea where I'm going. Think about that statement for a second. On the face of it, that speaks a sort of romantic wanderlust. I know not what tomorrow will bring, and I don't really care. I am on an adventure called life, carried along on the wings of circumstance and opportunity. Taking life as it comes, you could say. This all sounds so free and wonderful. Often we call this life one that is totally in the moment. But then it happens. You lift your head from the sink, you pat your face awake with cold water, you take a long look at that reflective object in front of you until you become like Einstein on the train. Where is this all headed? Where am I headed? If you've ever been there, then you know the importance of Jesus' ascension into heaven. Like Mr. Einstein, we may know who we are, but there is something deep in us, hardwired, that wants to know where it's all headed. To know that we ourselves are a part of a bigger story. To feel that longing in your gut, though, is to bump up against what Jesus' ascension is all about. The disciples have no clue what to make of Jesus' ascension. Their heads are fixed heavenward. Easter has told the disciples who they are. They are the beloved of God. But what now? 
the ascension was often depicted in medieval art with two feet at the top of an icon, much like the front of your bulletin this morning. Rising over the heads of the disciples, usually you could only see Christ's ankles hanging over the scene like a chandelier. And his feet are arched down. They're almost like wings splayed apart in many portraits of it. But invariably, you'll notice the nail marks on his feet. And the disciples below were staring up, transfixed somewhat by these wounded feet. It's a strange scene. These disciples huddled around the sacred object of their worship. What are they gazing at so adoringly? A holy icon? The blessed sacrament? A pair of feet. It's an important theological point these artists are making. Jesus still bears the wounds of the world, the wounds of the flesh, and he's taking the wounds of the world right to the heart of the Father. The humanity that we all know so intimately as cracked, as damaged, as stained, that humanity and all of its variety is being taken right to God, dropped into the burning heart of reality itself. It's no wonder those medieval Christians stood transfixed by the wounded feet. They saw the truth of the ascension. Humanity may be cracked, humanity may be wounded, but more fundamental than that, humanity is capable of being healed. The word that those pierced feet teach us to say this morning is hope. Hope doesn't tell us that we have to know the future. Hope doesn't have to know exactly where the train is headed. Hope just knows that it's being led. And those wounded feet are always running ahead of us, picking up the voices that are drowned out, running to pick up the wounds of the world, running to Manchester, England, running to Syria, running to the heartbroken and to the disenfranchised. The wounded feet are always going to pick up the wounds of the world and drop them into God. Wounded feet are always going to pick up the wounds of the world and drop them into God. I had a professor in seminary who taught systematic theology. He was teaching us about the creed, the creed we'll sing after this sermon. And he told us something that I've never forgotten. He was talking to a young man in his church that didn't think he could believe the creed just couldn't understand it all. It was too hard to imagine. The professor said to him, worry about making too much sense of the creed right now with your mind. That'll come later. Try and live it with your feet. Teach your feet to live in such a way that gives witness to love's victory, love's healing, love's wholeness. The Nicene Creed isn't first for your brain. It's for your feet. We are all like Einstein, at least on this point. We don't always see clearly where we are going, but we do know that we are being led. And so we stay close to the wounded feet. and We stay close to the wounds of the world. And we don't give way to cynicism or despair because those are not the last word. 
those wounded feet tell us not to lose hope. We are to press on because the train is being summoned homeward, even as it chugs steadily along, heading deep, deep into God's heart. Amen.